face to face, hand to hand, film to film. Hello and welcome to another episode of Film to Film. My name is Iñaki Lanero. I'm here with my good friend James Shergan. Hey James, how are you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's uh, it's April's Fools, so you know, uh, I do not have a I do not have a prank for this. Yeah. Day. So you picked this movie because it's April Fools, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> nah. Um. So yeah, I, I think we're gonna just jump into it. Uh. So today, going with the theme of me picking Chilean films, um. Uh, I decided to pick uh, actually a film from probably my favorite Chilean director. Uh, this is Andres Wood. Uh, and the film is called uh, Violeta Went to Heaven, or the Spanish would be uh, Violeta Se Fue a los Cielos. It's a 2011 film, and basically the summary which I got from IMDb is uh, that the film is a portrait of a famed Chilean singer and folklorist, Violeta Parra, filled with her musical work, her memories, her loves, and her hopes. All right. Well, well what's your thought about the uh, that summary? Uh yeah, that's about right. I guess. I mean, yeah. it's it's a little poetic in in a way, but it's not necessarily wrong. No, I mean, I mean, my originally originally I was going to just write down um, this is a biopic about a Chilean folklorist and singer, Violeta <laughs> Parra, and that's it. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Which is also correct. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm assuming you did not know who Violeta Parra was. And no. That's correct. Also, I kind of picked this movie knowing that you're not a fan of biopics. Uh, so what, but, what was your thought about this film? Well, first of all... Uh, I would say biopics are not my favorite, but they're not as low as uh, children's or, or teenage films. So I do like them a little bit more than those things. So uh, I I thought this film was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It had some good music uh, to just pull you back in. It, so it kind of had that as like a device that it can do. It's just like, oh, we're going into another song and it just sort of pulls you in and kind of has like montages of her at different points. Um, in different locations. And so, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I didn't know anything about uh, Violeta Parra, but uh, I thought uh, the acting was good and just generally a pretty all-around well-done film. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I it's, it's interesting because I... So I knew a lot about her music and uh, all and about the influence and importance that her music has had in uh, Chilean folk music and uh, actually even Latin American folk music. Uh, she was sort of uh, the starting point of uh, different of a whole mu uh, music movement uh, called Nueva Canción, which by the way, there's none of this in the movie, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but basically of uh, folk artists uh, going back into the roots of the countryside of maybe native communities and mm. pulling that music and putting it in the forefront uh, and started with her but it went on, on to uh, Argentina uh, 
Colombia, other South American countries, and all the way up to Cuba. And the movement was the the, the musical movement was also tied in with uh, politics, although uh, uh, although that has more to do with the fact that like the more conservative groups are are more Eurocentric or America centric and. This movement was more about going back to the native roots of each country and picking that part of that traditional part of music, along with Spanish, also old traditional uh, peasant Spanish music as well. And would most Chileans be in a similar boat to you as having been exposed to her? Like, is she like a pretty well-known historical figure in Chile? Or is it just you? Uh, no, no, no. She is. She is. Okay. But I mean, mm-hmm. but I was more aware of her in that music, that the, her impact in music, for Latin American music. But actually, I'm not aware much about her life. I actually did not know much about her life. So when I watched this movie, to me, it was almost like this movie is really about her as the person, not as her impact. Uh and her as a person, it's also pretty interesting. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. Uh, okay. Uh, but no, yeah, she she's very famous. Uh, her most famous song, uh, which has been uh, covered even by Michael Bublé, <laughs> which is random as fuck, uh, did not show up at all during the film until the credits. <laughs> was it the Michael Bublé uh, version that we heard in the credits? Of course, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> no, we, we I, I think they. I'm assuming they played her version, or maybe it was the one uh, portrayed by the act, the actress uh, Francisca Gavilan, because uh, okay. she, she sang most of the songs. And Inyaki, for you, is this a second watch or your first? Second, my first watch okay. was was in 2011 in theaters. Okay, in Chile. In Chile, I yeah, I was there. Yeah, uh, when I, yeah, I was visiting and I watched it then. Uh, so yeah, uh, reason I like this film is I, I think um, for for being a biopic, it doesn't follow your your full cliches. Of I I I think. Uh, Biopics today are very formulaic. It's like, oh, the beginning, the growth. Uh, it usually starts with a moment, uh, like right before a big concert. Flashback to the beginning as they grow. Which, what, so you clearly have a biopic in mind. What, which one are you thinking of right now? Just oh, so dude, I, can... I could say uh, <laughs> Straight Out of Compton, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. Uh, fuck, even uh, what what's... There's a movie that it makes fun of those of all of those that is pretty famous. Um, oh, Walk the Line is another one. Uh, okay, I guess it shows that I'm not too into biopics. That the only one I've seen there is Straight Outta Compton. So, oh, uh, I see. Uh, yeah, obviously these are for music biopics, of course. Uh, right, right, right. Rocket Man. Hmm. Rocket Man. Rocket Man actually is one of the few that uh, does not follow that. Um, it, it also does not follow that um, formula 
Right, right, right. Well, I mean, the, you make a good point there in terms of the biopic structure. It's like usually uh, they like will kind of like have that climatic moment be sort of like the concert. And this one has a far more natural progression of her life where it's really like the last half an hour, it's pretty depressing. It's like I kind of thought they would do something like what they did uh, in uh, – I don't know if you saw the Anthony Bourdain documentary about his life. Oh, and obviously he committed suicide too. Uh, but even then, uh, and that one ends in a fairly depressing note too, because of how it ended uh, as well. But it also kind of has this like uplifting last five minutes too, where it's like a little bit more of like a celebration of what he stood for and stuff like that. And this one literally almost just ends on uh, the gunshot, so it uh, it it doesn't really uh, linger on things that are like a little happier. No, no, this. Uh, this ends well. I mean, yeah, it ends abruptly as uh, her life it her life ended. Yeah. Um, which I mean, it's I'm not, I'm not sure how accurate the film itself is. I think it tries to portray more her, her as a character than. Uh, but uh, because she, she was sort of a mysterious person in a way, uh, in that, uh, like her public uh, public persona was a very outgoing, very under face kind of person, from what I from what I heard. But uh, so so her suicide was a surprise to many. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, in that sense, the film kind of starts out with that public persona. And that's, that is the impression you get for maybe the first half of the film. And then it starts to just kind of slowly descend. It's not like a immediate thing, but it is sort of a slow descent into that. So that is interesting. Yeah, but I mean, the, the, the movie, the, definitely one of the things that I like about, and, and, about the movie and perhaps about uh, her as the, as the character study is... That we're not talking about uh, a person of wealth. Granted, mo- most artists are not, but it is insane how, like, you know, it's after it sort of gives you like flashbacks of her dad and and you know how he's an alcoholic, how he ended up dying of, I'm assuming alcoholism. Uh, they don't really explain it that well, and her mom is not really there, and it's just like. The siblings go around and perform, and from there on, it's like that's how they make money. So I mean, uh, and based on the movie, it's like she kind of takes the the lead on that. And from the very first scene where you see her like talking to her husband, yeah, she's an angry person. <laughs> she's never portrayed as like uh, she's portrayed as both playful and angry ambitious ambitious too yes yeah 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 i i guess but i mean like in her interpersonal relationship with people she's either angry or playful it's either all or none yeah right i mean i i do think it gives a pretty interesting perspective just to an artist's own persona and it really you get the real feeling especially towards the end of just like her struggling to sort of like find meaning in her work uh, mm-hmm. and and like with a dwindling audience and stuff like that, just finding it increasingly uh, depressing. So 
Um, I think it's kind of interesting just because it kind of shows that like artistic struggle mm -hmm. of just like what makes her tick and that slowly just going away and how she has like these grand ambitions that just don't plan out here. So even though she's still quite talented at the end, um, it's just things are not going as she wants them to uh, for her as an artist. So, uh, yeah, I, I do find that part to be pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, so this uh, this film, uh, the, so the screenplay was uh, by uh, Eliseo Altunaga. However, it's based on a book of the same name as the film. And that was written by Angel Parra, her son. Mm. Um, and, you know, Violeta uh, Parra and actually all her siblings, as well as kids, nephews, etc., have all continued the tradition of being either poets, musicians, etc., and, and all folklorists in one way or another. But um, but it's kind of interesting because uh, today, like I mean, she is viewed as the base, like one of the bases of Chilean folk music. Hmm. Um, interesting. Yeah. So I mean, her impact is rather huge um, for Chilean folklore. Um, so it's always interesting how the film ends with her, as you were mentioning, questioning what her, like, her worth, her value. And it's like, her value is huge. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, her value obviously ended up being, like her legacy is massive. The fact that like she died in 67 and you were born like 20 years after that. And she's still like a totally iconic figure mm -hmm. so it is interesting uh the way that she perceived herself and that the way her legacy has gone um so i mean artists and suicide it's like a very complicated thing that has happened to a number of people so um but yeah it, it is interesting the, the way the film portrays it too it's like it's it's kind of she talks about her body hurting mm -hmm. but the impression that it really gives is that it's like her artistic pursuits that sort of drive her are kind of like the final nail in the coffin obviously that relationship too with the swiss guy uh, does not help but uh <laughs> but yeah well also it, it to, to me like uh, with the character i think it's also beyond the ambition is also a a level of pride but uh a, a pride tied with um her upbringing and I think that the, the movie sort of plays it well in that it shows that even as a little girl, she's that ty that type of person. Like her dad is an alcoholic, but he performs at yeah. bars and that's how he makes money. But he also would make money by acting like a monkey and doing silly things. And as a little girl, like they show that scene where he's like acting like a monkey because whatever. And she gets angry and starts hitting people with her guitar as a little girl. So even from there, it shows like she has the, this level of pride. She doesn't want to be laughed at. Uh, right, right. Yeah, I mean, it does a good job if we just circle back to banning, like you're saying, of just showing how she is uh, really unusual and how she has like this sense of like ambition, pride, uh, and she just expects better from people around her, mm -hmm. even as like a small child. And I do love, I, I, I'm a fan. Uh, I, I think the film, for the most part, visually is pretty... Um, you know, straightforward. I don't think it's doing anything fancy in terms of like uh, uh, biopic and like 
crazy shots or anything like that. But I do like uh, the moments at the beginning where we have like the slow motion of her dad uh, drinking, mm-hmm. and then uh, we have him giving her the car tar, and then he's in the coffin. And I like the way that it just succinctly just shows you everything you need to know basically about him there. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're right, it doesn't really cover him or talk about them. I thought he was originally going to be a lot more of a character, uh, but it kind of just shows, yeah, he was an alcoholic, and he died because of it, and uh, kind of made a fool of himself a couple times, and uh, uh, and it shows you what Violetta thinks of it, too, and that's that's kind of important, and that's really all you need to know, and we're on to the next part about 10 minutes in. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I mean, there are moments where he comes back, but in little things, a little hints, but nothing big. Uh, like, I, I guess there was that one, one clip of him teaching the kids how to whistle. Uh, I think that was that, right? Uh, because he's, he's a I, teacher also. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. So there's a moment of the whistling, like a bird, on a, which... You know, it, it it comes back in other moments where, again, these are more hinted. Where like, you know, she in the in in that scene where uh, they are uh, performing at that mine or that um, with with those miners or whatever. Uh, um, right after doing uh, the Christmas performance, uh, which is pretty hilarious, uh, then she starts uh, singing you know a, a song about workers and miners and and uh that ends up getting a bunch of applause and her sister asked her hey where do you learn that song and she's like our little birds uh, told me about it and she always talks about little bird t- telling her things and i i pers- i view it as, as tying it with her like how the dad would talk about uh you know like the whistling and all that and maybe still sort of picking some inspiration out of how out of her dad you don't think it's from twitter she just you know the birds are twitter she just uh, is basing it off some tweets maybe oh i mean <laughs> uh, yeah i also, don't know what twitter was like in 1930 but you know <laughs> yeah that could be too um but yeah there, there's that um uh, but yeah, no, no, I, I want to make a serious point too. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I like that scene too um, because it kind of shows her how she's like kind of sticks her foot in um, and is able to make it work. Like she's a very, very competent person. Mm-hmm. And then she's also just like a savant almost with her music. And she's just like extremely talented and just creative in ways that even her family cannot uh, exactly fathom. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, I think it's uh, impressive because, I mean, the song sounds great, too, in the way it's portrayed, I, and it just immediately captivates everyone. And so, yeah, I mean, I think those are some of the most uh, enrapturing moments of the film when it kind of cuts to the songs and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, looks like we might be having a connectivity problem. Oh, uh, I'm still here. Okay. Can you not hear me? Yeah, I missed you for a second. Yeah, yeah. I, I finished my point, and then I think maybe it cut off on your end. But yeah, no, I'm still good. Oh, I don't know if I heard that. It wasn't an and when I stopped hearing you. Uh, okay. Uh, well, no, I was just saying that her song at the beginning to the minors, where she has to sing sort of the church songs at first, mm-hmm. she transitions to that. It's just a very... Um, 
uh, captivating moment that you can see that she has a talent that um, just immediately draws the attention of everyone, including the miners as well as her own family, mm. who yeah. are kind of yeah, yeah. Uh, in awe of her too. She is like the artistic genius, the savant. Right. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah. So it, I guess the the other thing is uh, I did. What do you think about uh, the framing on on how the movie is kind of sort of framed? Like you have a mix between things happening, but also an interview with her, and the interview at some moments cuts in to sort of put you at these different moments. And I think that's the uh, the frame to tell these different parts of her life. I thought it was for the most part cut together pretty intelligently um just the way that it's framed and so it can just focus on different aspects uh, throughout her life and just talk about how she does it mm-hmm. i don't know if it's like making any huge like rashomon type points uh, in terms of like point of view or anything like that but uh, I, th- I did find it to be it's probably just a little more interesting in terms of just like making the viewer put together this happening at what time in her life mm-hmm. uh, than just kind of doing the cut and dry this is her story chronologically start to back Mm-hmm. Um, question for you though. Uh, so the interview, w- at what point is she giving that? Is that like during her phase where she's kind of like in the rural countryside? Like, is that smack dab in the middle there, or is it like before that? I so I I think the interview itself is not. I I, I probably should have done a little bit more research on this, but I'm pretty sure that the interview is. Mm, it's a composite of many different interviews. Mm. Um, for example, uh, when she's explaining her last song, the one uh, mm-hmm. that she sings right before killing herself, um, that was actually in real life was a radio interview. And because she had finished the song, but the song was going to be part of a play. And okay. She, but she never made the play because she killed herself. Mm. Um so either way the interview was probably when she was famous because I mean when she began she began as a traveling artist like with her family I mean that was literally their subsistence they all went into different uh, places her her siblings her kids niece nephews they all were part of the circus and that's how they lived and as she grew, she also started doing, um, she became interested because they went from town to town. So she became interested on the different music that was played in, different, in those towns. And I think after that, she became bigger and she became a radio host. And they have one clip of that, like they have a, a small clip of that where she's a radio host. Mm. And the radio host, she would invite uh, different artists to perform, but like, but yeah, she would pick those and she would research them, uh, and she would also perform her own music, of course. But uh, that's when she started becoming famous, and then you know, she started doing her tours in Europe and things like that. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, you could see that she's just like a true artist, a creator, in the sense that like 
a lot of these ideas just stem directly from her and she will just have an idea of like some sort of like painting or whatever she did in Europe too and and kind of go with it so like a true artist yeah I mean she wanted to re uh, from the, my understanding one of her goals was to just revitalize or re or reestablish Chilean art uh, in mm. music right I mean that's why she would go to bumblefuck nowhere to meet with uh you know uh don guillermo a person who may or may not even know how to read because she heard from this other person from the other person that you know he composed really beautiful songs for funerals for babies mm -hmm. And she was also really interested in that part of the culture. And I mean, we're talking, so we're talking about, you know, this, this culture of like mixed native and Spanish culture that you had in Chile or you have, I don't know if people still practice or not certain things. I mean, to me, one, one of the interesting uh, moments is, is actually the, the scene where it's, centered in the radio interview of a woman who is explaining uh, what she does with uh, the corpses of babies or of babies that die. Mm -hmm. And that one is not even musical. It's about, uh, and, and they, they show you, right? Like the, the, the baby's corpse with wings. And she's explaining mm -hmm. that entire part of the thing, uh, of, of, the, of the type of funeral, right? Where the idea is that the baby becomes an angel. That that's kind of what she did like her plan her her thing was to bring the countryside if you will to santiago <laughs> and i mean even in the scene with the rich knobs one person goes and it's like oh it's so nice to once in a while hear the country this music and they from the countryside or to to listen to countryside art which is what what, what she was doing and that's kind of what she did but if you said it that way, it was shitty. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't like the patronizing nature of it. I mean, you could see that, like, even... I mean, it's kind of sprinkled throughout the movie, but it's like the chicken and stuff like that. It's like she does not take kindly to what she perceives as disrespect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she also does not take kind... I mean... Uh, so, I, it's an interesting view again i'm not sure if all of this uh, like will show us like that in real life but uh at least it seems like she was i mean her, her music was angry <laughs> like she does she, if you actually do listen to like the lyrics i don't know if uh, you were reading the captions and the lyrics but many of her music like her, her lyrics were uh many of them uh, highly critical Mm-hmm. Right, right. Were either sad, angry. Uh the one song that uh the, the her most famous song, which is always like the the fascinating one, is one that uh she wrote a year before she killed herself. I think almost hmm. to the year. And that song is Thanks to Life. Was that song popular in that one year before she committed suicide? I'm not sure. But okay. uh it was, I mean, it's, that's a song that, yeah, it, it, it's, it's just huge. Uh, okay. Like, Did they play it in the movie? 
in the credits. That's the one song oh, the they credits. put in okay, the credits. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is, I, th- I think it's clever to have that song. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting to me, too, to hear that as well, because I don't really know. I, obviously, she perceived how her artistry was going, mm-hmm. but it's like the fact that that one song was like literally a year before her suicide indicates that she still had a lot to give as far as like um, songs and creations and stuff like that. So that is interesting to me. Yeah, but I, I think she... So that's the thing. I don't think she wanted fame because fame she had. Mm. I think she just was not. Uh, I think, like the, I, I mean, the movie's ambiguous and on, on purpose. Like, why did she kill herself? Was it because of love? Was it because of, uh, because you know, she could not make. She was incapable of making her her relationship with uh, the Swiss dude work. Maybe, maybe not. Was it because uh, her her project of having. A school of music and a and a and a hangout place was not really working out anymore. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, was it because of like her last thing? Like one of the last things she said before killing herself was, you know, I I don't feel like what I do matters or something like that. Maybe, maybe not. We we don't really know, and the movie right, is right. ambiguous on purpose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she also says that her body hurts a lot, too. So it hints at that as well. So, I mean, probably some combination of all those factors. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it because she felt old? Because, I mean, the movie also shows how, like, she hated being called Mrs. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. And... I mean, the impression I got more than anything, I don't know if you interpreted it the same, was that, like, the... Uh, the sort of failing experiment of like the artist i don't know what to call it commune or whatever uh just that that's the one like if you made me name what the film was hinting at the most that's probably what i would name but you're right it is ambiguous so you know it's probably incorrect to say it's solely that right and also i mean i uh, i don't know how much of a failure it was i mean i think it was uh uh monetarily not doing well but I mean even the mayor was like hey if this is not working out you can put it down like like she was famous enough that she could make money and so it, it it was not about and also like that project that she had created the next line of big names of folklorist names and all of this is before Pinochet so I have to point that out because many of the people who famous people who came after her, some of them were killed by the Pinochet government, but uh, but she wouldn't wouldn't have known that because she killed herself before on uh, all of that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so she spared herself of Pinochet at least. Yeah, I mean she probably would have been killed or well. exiled. Yeah. Well, that's kind of depressing. Um, uh, Yeah. I mean, I will say the one thing uh, I did find to be a little bit head-scratching in the film was the allure of the Swiss guy Um, and, like, how she seems to be very attracted to him for reasons that I have a hard time fathoming. Uh, Yeah, well, apparently she was with him on and off. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I believe it. I mean, I'm sure that's... They put it in the movie for a reason, but 
<laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I just don't see the attraction. But I don't, what do I know? Well, I, I think that's, again, that's part of the... Part of the... Uh, the mystery, right? Like, I don't. So I don't think. Uh, I think part like her death is sort of a mystery. It's it's unknown. Why, uh, why she did it? It's like it's, it's mm-hmm. not clear. It's not. Um, it's not clear why she, why she did many uh, many of her uh, many of the things that she did is and I mean one of those is her love uh, through her love interest right mm-hmm. I don't know uh, it's maybe. I mean, maybe and maybe they they uh, they up the uh, the importance of him, but I mean, she was. What's clear is that she lived with him while he while while she was in Europe in her second trip. Uh, no, yeah, uh, I I mean I guess I would just say and maybe this is more commentary on the filmmaking is the film did a great job of showing the allure of her artistry and her music. Mm-hmm. It did not do the same thing with the Swiss gentleman. <laughs> I was like. I don't. I just don't get it. But it's well, fine. I mean, I guess maybe that's part of it. You're not supposed to get inside her head totally. Yeah, I mean, they did a, bit, a, a good job at uh, picking a, a much better looking guy than the real man. The real man was actually even uglier. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I saw. I, I looked up a picture and I was like, oh, yeah, this. Because I I did think it was like, oh man, that guy is kind of ugly. And then you look at the real man and you're like, oh no, <laughs> okay. <laughs> they, 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 picked a better looking man um I mean, like he didn't even seem to be a very good musician <laughs> well he was he was a member of a band he pay, played the pan flute yeah i mean that sounds like something that's gonna get him like disowned by his dad or something i mean i i think i think uh i mean my theory is that he made her feel young i mean the guy was much younger than she was mm, fair fair uh so so maybe it's that. I mean, like some some of her songs that she would play would be. Uh, I mean, this is outside the movie, of course, but you know, uh, one of her famous songs that she wrote when she was in you know her forties is to come to become seventeen again. Mm. <laughs> I think she from from the film. One thing you get uh, one one thing that you do get is that she had to grow up way too young mm. yeah it doesn't seem like she really had a ch- childhood i mean the movie doesn't show you much of a childhood after her dad died yeah in fact her dad dies she's an adult yeah and she's already got a husband basically she already has a husband she already has kids she already is in charge of the business the the circus business the music circus business Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think uh, perhaps the the Swiss guy made her feel young, made her feel like she could uh, do 
I don't know, just, yeah, made her feel young. Who knows? Um, also, it's the only guy who seems to stand up to her. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's well, true. Because her, 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 the husband that they show in the movie, that guy... <laughs> Was like, no, no, we're not going to be able to unload because, uh, you know, they're not going to unload. And she just yells at him. <laughs> yeah, she's like, what's wrong with you? I mean, you could tell that she just didn't totally respect him. So, I mean. I mean, well, yeah. So, so you know, you, uh, it's, it's, a good, it's a good question. Um, I was not too bothered by it uh, because, I don't know, it, it's hard to tell. Um, so on the the other thing I guess uh, that I kind of liked was how the film would sometimes uh, soak up the uh, scenery in different areas I mean this film does not like I, I don't know how long how many times how if she lived in Santiago but I'm pretty sure she lived in Santiago probably most of her life yet the film never shows the city and it's instead focused always on the countryside always uh, even in her tent it's kind of out of the way and the only times you see a city is outside of Chile and, yeah in Europe mostly yeah. um, that is kind of interesting I mean I would have thought that they would have tried to sneak in one scene in Santiago or something like that I mean it's always interesting on these biopics too uh, is like what you choose to show because you're like literally putting someone's whole life into like basically two hours or under two hours in this case mm -hmm. and that's just really hard to do uh it's like a book is hard enough to do and that's much much longer and you could cover much more material mm -hmm. so it is an interesting choice to not cover chili and i wonder if maybe that it's because like they, they just didn't have anything to add there beyond like kind of what is common knowledge for chileans or it's just kind of like uh, well, but they thought it'd just be more interesting showing the rise in uh, Europe. So, so that's the part. I, I, I didn't say it doesn't cover Chile. It covers Chile, just not Santiago. Yeah, sorry, I meant Santiago. It, no, but and and I think that's so. The, I I think that's a point of the film. I think it's it's on purpose. Um, and perhaps this is more. Perhaps I'm reading more into it, and this is definitely more. This is something that. Uh, it's more of a subject matter among Chileans, but uh, Santiago being the biggest city is usually it's the only thing that gets portrayed in Chilean media and everything. And folks from outside Santiago are like, hey, Chile is not just Santiago. And this film, and, and, and in real life, that's kind of what she did herself. She was not from Santiago, and she brought music from outside Santiago into to the Chilean pop culture mm. and uh, perhaps the film wanted to highlight that hey she was all about not Santiago it was all about all the uh, countrysides the the other regions um, yeah. and yeah. And maybe they can also sort of portray that patronizing attitude towards it. It's like, oh, cool, let's bring the rural countryside towards us when she goes to Europe. And in that sense, like having Santiago 
would have maybe a very similar emotional reaction mm -hmm. um, to the European scenes in that same way. Well, so the one scene where um, the the scene where she's at the like wealthy area place uh, singing was that the Louvre or was that somewhere else? No, that was Santiago. So that's the one scene in Santiago. Oh, okay. So yeah, all those were all those were Chileans. So that's why the, when they were introducing her when she was performing, they were like. Oh, she's very famous. She's been in Europe. She's been in Louvre. And now she's going to sing with us here. And it's important to have that because she had to first become famous outside of Chile in order to be performed at the high society in Chile. And even then, she wasn't allowed to eat with the guests. She had to eat in the kitchen. Yeah. Which and she, she was just like, fuck this. Yeah. So that's more that's a, more of a criticism of Chilean society especially Chilean high society uh where uh she got more respect in Europe by having her art in the Louvre or actually or portraying in front of a filled uh, a full concert hall in uh Poland that she did in Chile like her fame in Chile actually was thanks to her success outside of Chile. Hmm. In in again in the high in the high society. In the wealthy okay. groups. Because the wealthy group listened to American stuff, European stuff. They didn't care about Chilean folk music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it's a criticism to them. Um and also, you got to remember, uh, she is part native. And racism in Chile is, I mean, that's part of it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, no, but yeah, every, uh, the, that entire scene is in, in Chile. Is, it, that was okay. in Chile. I, I don't know if I realize that. Yeah. I guess that makes sense because all of you, all of that is for you, for a foreign language, whether it was French. Uh, yeah. I mean, I should have been able to tell French and spanish apart but you know i i don't speak either language uh and they in my defense they were cross-cutting a lot to france at the time so yeah uh, no for sure for sure uh yeah no, they, i mean i think the only performance in france that they show is the one at that uh at that chicken like, yeah the restaurant with chicken mm -hmm. so speaking of that like yeah um so um, maybe I want to jump a little bit into some scenes, unless mm -hmm. you have any other broad concepts. Uh, no, not really. Uh, so we kind of talked a little bit about the the first scene with our performance at the mine. Um, so yeah, I don't think we have to talk more about that one, unless you have anything to add. No, no. I, I mean, I did really like that scene, but I think I talked about everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess the one, the one thing I, I sort of enjoyed was uh, how they could improvise at last minute to make the the thing uh, Christian themed and mm -hmm. having the husband be Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was kind of a funny looking Jesus, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that I, I thought it was clever. I thought that scene was pretty well done uh, just as a whole. Yeah. Um so with their, uh, the other mo scene, and I guess because this movie cross-cuts so much, I really liked uh, 
the montage, if you will, of her in Poland while her child dies in Chile. Mm-hmm. It's pretty powerful. I mean, especially after we just come from her going to the other artist about about child death and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was well done, too, in her music in Poland. I mean, you kind of have the same... Uh, you see how the impact of it is more than just speaking to the sort of like rural miners or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a lot more broad. It can span across cultures and nations and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was quite interesting and well done. Yeah. Um, also, it shows you a little bit of uh, how she was as a mother. Uh, she was similar to perhaps her upbring- upbringing, where uh, Angel Par Angel, her son, had to really take care of the of the kids, mm-hmm. and ending up with you know a child dying. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, the other scene was the uh, the perfor- uh the chicken the the restaurant with the chicken and how random that was (laughs) i mean it was pretty random in some ways i mean for the most part whenever she sings it seems like there's just general reverence for everything uh musically Mm -hmm. and that's like one of the few exceptions in the film Mm -hmm. uh so it it does come come across as random and i guess i don't i don't know i mean i guess it kind of shows her general hard-headedness um mm-hmm. still uh when it comes to this sort of thing but yeah and how outspoken she was in the mm-hmm. to just basically tell them right right there it's like hey you paid for this yeah so if you're if you're planning to you know play around with a cock uh then yeah. i'll go <laughs> Yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, is you can also kind of see uh, some of the audience members nodding like they agree with her, too. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't portray her as like, oh, she's like the total crazy one here. No, not at all. I mean, it, it's kind of interesting because it, it happens in real life. Like sometimes you go to uh, a bar because there's a performance or there's an open mic and you have I remember in undergrad, like one would go to an open mic and, uh, you know, you have a bunch of bros making noise. And if someone shut them up, you'd be like, oh, yes, thank you. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, even like a movie or something like that, it's like occasionally run into uh, some jackass just uh, like on their phone the whole time or making noise together, Mm -hmm. like giggling together. Uh, So, I mean, I guess it's kind of akin to that behavior. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like before there were phones, there were cocks in in restaurants. I guess so. At least in in (laughs) Europe. Like that's yeah that's, yeah. That's, yeah. Don't forget to bring your cock to a restaurant. <laughs> um, then um, the other one was I like sort of the uh, Louvre the Louvre uh, sequence. <laughs> I thought I did not know about this in real life. I personally didn't know, and I thought it was just very fascinating how it's at least portrayed of her just like fucking doing art for no reason and then uh boyfriend is like hey where the fuck are we gonna put this and she's like i don't know sell them it's like where uh lube <laughs> yeah well it kind of just shows like her unbridled ambition and vision i mean the fact that i mean she did it too yeah yeah she did it 
and I like the like afterwards, like how they actually showed real f- old footage mixed with the new. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could have done a better job of making the new one look grainier because the old footage is very grainy, <laughs> and the new looks a little mm-hmm. bit cleaner. True. True. Um, and then yeah, I, I guess uh, yeah, the the speaking I guess this film has a lot of uh, this kind of weird montage. And then there's the one where she's uh, playing at that her song at the high society, and they would inter- right. interlace it with her playing at the tent, and also her project at the tent too. All of that going into right. one thing, and you could tell yeah. that, yeah, yeah. I mean, this film had like just such a big advantage, just being able to rely on her music that it's just like never boring. When like every fifteen minutes, you could just be like, "All right, we're gonna do another song." And all of her songs are really good, so I mean, it it it's uh, it really does help uh, uh, to kind of keep the just the movie just constantly interesting to have just strong music backing it up. Yeah, no, for sure. But I mean, even, even uh, I think the, it does a good job at um, in some of these montages, like the the one where she's playing at the high society and then the tent. Mm-hmm. does a good job at showing how at the high society no one is really paying attention to her mm-hmm. and she's not really that into it in fact the music itself doesn't sound as good and then the clips when she's at the tent the music sounds much better everyone is into it uh, er- even though the place is much poorer in conditions it's so much more welcoming and um I think that I don't know. I, I like that montage. I mean, and speaking of montage, I love the last one right before she kills herself. Uh, the one with uh, uh, rain. Yeah, where it's her going to explains the last song she's gonna play at the at that TV interview. Starts playing it, and then she's at the empty tent playing it. But then the tent is full of people. And if you pay attention, the people who are in the tent are all the characters throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which means they're not real. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that song itself is also like a very like hard, like, I don't know, just strong song that it, it does really. It shows kind of her desperation. It does a good job again as like. I think the movie portrays her as someone who may or may not have mental, uh, some sort of mental disorder. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly possible. Um, and that's at least that scene to me sort of fully and enco- like grabs that idea. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's like easily the darkest and the moodiest of the songs she played, and it is suitable for the end. And I kind of, like, as I said earlier, I kind of expected the film to, like, kind of pick back up and end on a slightly more uplifting note. Uh, But no, it didn't happen. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of like one of your last images of the thing is, like, her tent basically falling apart, having to, like, do water everywhere. Basically, no one in attendance except, like, for the imaginary characters from her life. Mm-hmm. Um, and just her depressed as all hell. Yeah. And the cross cutting with uh, Hawk killing a chicken. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was also interesting. It worked. Yeah. I mean, that's what her song is about. Or at least that's how she explained it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That all love destroys. It doesn't always build. The hawk is the man. And the woman is the chicken. And the woman has to... Uh, 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 suffer resisting the consequences of the claws of the hawk and then she makes a crazy weird tie with capitalism and by the way that, all of that was a real thing she said I'm sure yeah because yeah she was explaining that song like a week before she killed herself <laughs> mm. um, the lyrics of that song do not say any of that but uh, that's her explanation Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And I think the movie kind of goes with that. Because, I mean, the chicken and the hawk are introduced from the beginning. Uh, yeah. No, it did. They kept referencing them. And I, I don't know. I kind of check out on, like, the metaphorical stuff sometimes. Oh. <laughs> but, but yeah. I mean, I, I did remember. I was like, chicken and hawk. I don't remember who's who. But <laughs> yeah, I saw it at the end. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it was going uh, uh, based on her words. But, uh yeah um anything else that uh you know caught your attention uh let's see uh no i i think that's it i think i said most of what i have in my notes here yeah i mean good performance too by the lead i thought she was quite good oh yeah just kind of putting herself into the role I mean, she sold it to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the film doesn't work with a weaker performance, so... Uh... Also, it works that uh, she knows how to sing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think there's not much more. I mean, the movie hints a little bit at, at her communist tendencies, but even then, it's not... Like, it doesn't really I mean, it's... on it. Right, and it seems like uh, she was an artist first. I mean, obviously, she seemed to have somewhat left political leanings, but uh, or at least was friends with or associated with people like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but I mean, it for the most part keeps the focus on uh, her musical career and her life. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, I I think this is. I'm, I'm surprised this movie did not do. Well, well, actually, it won something in the U.S., but I'm surprised that it didn't do that well in comparison to... It, is she well-known in Latin America, outside of Chile? Yeah. Again, that's... Okay. Remember, uh, she's been covered by, like, an American... Uh, like, two Americans now? <laughs> uh, yeah, she she's well-known in Latin America. But again, it is within the, the... Perhaps the folks who are more interested in folk music. Mm-hmm. Um... So it looks like uh, the movie did win, it was awarded the uh, World Cinema Jury Prize at the 2012 Sundance Festival. Hmm, okay. But but I'm still surprised that it didn't, uh, I mean, ignoring the person, because I mean, you didn't know anything about the person, which is actually one of the reasons why I picked it. So I I was curious what uh, uh, you would, uh, someone who doesn't know anything about the person would think about it. 
I mean, it sounds like it, for the most part it worked. There's probably at least a handful of things that like probably would be helpful to know a little bit more about the artist. But for the most part, it's like I think the biopic does a decent job of explaining what it finds to be important about her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, would you be more interested now after watching this uh, to seek out her music or... Not your not maybe. Uh, I I mean I don't not listen to folk music, so uh, I, I mean I am slightly curious. Uh, I hadn't considered that, but maybe. I mean I just watched the film yesterday, so it's still pretty fresh in memory. Mm-hmm. Her music is pretty captivating. Yeah, probably more helpful if uh, you understood the lyrics. <laughs> I mean I sh- I th- I had subtitles. I I should have read them. <laughs> oh, that's true. I don't know. I I mean. I, I guess I was kind of zoning out on reading the exact lyrics. Yeah, that's fine. I'm pretty sure that the subtitles didn't catch everything. I mean, I was getting, like, the tone of it. So, like, the last song, I, I got that that was pretty depressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know that I know the individual lyrics. Yeah, makes sense. Um, anyways, so... Who won? Uh, I'll give it to, <laughs> the, the correct answer is probably to give it to, uh, Violetta Para, but I'll <laughs> give it to someone that actually made the film. I'll give it to, uh, the lead actress who is Francesca Gavilan. Yeah, Francesca Gavilan. Yeah. Francesca Gavilan. Um, yeah, I thought she did a great job, um, and a good job just portraying, uh, a legendary figure from what it sounds like. Yeah. Um... She's really, she is really good, but uh, I'm going to give it to the director uh, just because I think, um, generally speaking, I'm actually I'm not a huge fan of biopics, and I think this movie did a good job at showing, um, at, at, at keeping you interested uh, without being cliche. Is this your favorite music biopic? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I also haven't seen that many. Like, I mean, uh-huh. I I like it more than uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, even though I, Bohemian Rhapsody has amazing music because I love Queen. Um, and I like Queen music, Queen more than I like Violeta Parra's music goes. Um, but I like this movie as a movie more than Bohemian Rhapsody. I also like it more than... Um, Walk the Line or uh, Straight Out of Compton. Because again, okay. all, all of those to me are like pretty cliche. But if we were to be comparing it with uh, the Elton John one, uh huh, I'm not sure. That one's also you really like, good. You like those both. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's... Again, I guess I've, I've watched a lot of biopics and I like it when they're different. Uh-huh. Makes sense. And although this is more traditional than uh, the Elton John, because the Elton John biopic is a, it's a fucking musical itself. Okay. Um, I perhaps I like this one more because it's a little bit more traditional, but while, while mm-hmm. still while still straying from, you know, your classic, child up, fame, down. Up? Question mark. <laughs> Yeah, that is the classic rise and fall. I mean, for biopics as well as just 
I mean, it's classic just storyline for fiction as well. Mm-hmm. Well, this is like, I mean, technically she, because it also in most, in almost every biopic, they even do a character arc with the hero's journey, which this one doesn't. I don't think she learns anything in this movie. No, not really. It's like, it's truly about you learning about her and not. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, she doesn't. Yeah, it, yeah. I don't know that she changes a whole lot throughout the film. I mean, starting from we see her as a child to uh, pretty much her last day, so. Yeah. I mean, in a way, she died to shoot. She died either way, based on the movie. She died because she wanted, because she was done. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, there is a scene where she tells her daughter. Her daughter was like, Mom, I think she said something suicidal, and her mom was like, slaps her, and is like, you don't warn about those things. You either do it or you don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty close to the end, too, if I remember right. Yep. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of like that about the film, that it is kind of unsentimental about her portrayal, in a way. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Uh, no, anyways, uh, what do you rate this? Uh, seven and a half. Okay. I give it an eight, on, yeah. eight and a half. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um... All right. Any souvenirs? Oh shit! <laughs> I'll take some of those paintings. Yeah, <laughs> the one worth uh, either a house or a couple of beans. Uh, I'll take the one that she uh, basically browbeat the mayor over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, shit! I asked and I didn't even think about it. Um, I'll probably take uh, one of her guitars. You don't want to take the Swiss guy's uh, flute? The pan flute? No, it's full of his spit. I know. Lovely. He's a beautiful man. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, uh, hope everyone enjoyed. And I uh, hope uh, people will look up. Look up. Uh, we let that one to heaven. I think uh, this is an underrated Chilean film. So, yeah. No, I'd say it's just about as good as anything I've seen uh, from Chile in the past decade. Not that I've seen a lot, but I've seen what you've told me to watch. So I've seen a handful. Except for the random movies that we watch at SIF, like uh, Mirage Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This one edges out Mirage Man. You know. <laughs> I do want to rewatch that. Yeah. Someday. <laughs> Yeah, someday, someday. Hey, I mean, eventually you're going to run out of Chilean films, so it might be time to go back to Mirage Man. <laughs> it had some good martial arts, man. <laughs> stupid, yeah. stupid ass plot, but some good martial arts. I have a feeling that's a film that I will enjoy even more the second time around, <laughs> but what do I know? <laughs> All right. Uh, anyways, on that note, um, if people have any questions, comments, uh, they want us to talk about anything, you can email us at zafilmtofilm at gmail.com. That is with a number two as opposed to T-O. 
or you can uh, tweet us at ZFilm2Film. And uh, again, we also have a YouTube channel now, right? Yep, we are ZFilm2Film. Surprise, surprise. And there is a number two on that one too. Indeed. So there you go. Uh, you can go on all either, either of those things. Uh, leave comments, questions, concerns. <laughs> yeah. All right. Ciao. Adios. <laughs>